Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Mr. Pop. <laughs> The views and opinions of this show do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of this network and its affiliates. of the Fit Down Sports Show. I'm your host, Chris Dietz. And we are here to bring you your extra down of sports coverage right here on the Radio AFS Network uh, via the Blog Talk Radio. Um, We're also simulcasted on Arena Sports Network. So however you may be listening to the program, we thank you for tuning in tonight. Sorry for the um, beginning of the show. We had a little uh, technical difficulties going on um, at the moment, but we got everything fixed up and we're ready to go, um, ready to go right now. So, all right, um, a big week in... um, the world of um, big week in the world of sports. Um, we got a lot to cover, so um, you know, let's just um, let's jump on to it. We had uh, we had a lot going on with the college football playoff. We'll get into that um, when we do our college football. Um, but I want to start with something that I've been toying with. Uh, for the last couple days, and Sunday was a very big. Uh, I I I I don't know if I don't know if this is something new or it's just something that I've noticed about the NFL, and so I just want to dive into this really um, really quick. Go back a little a little bit, and 
restate this. This is kind of my my hypothesis. It's this isn't a theory yet. I have I haven't tested this out yet, but it, it, it see it, the more I think about it, the more it makes sense. Um. So let me just tell you what I've been thinking about, and I, it kind of really came into effect this past weekend, and we'll see how it goes uh, moving forward, but here we go. So the first thing, so what I've noticed about the NFL is the NFL is becoming dangerously close to becoming NBA basketball. And what I mean by that is that when I watch the NBA, the NBA is more of, um, you know, when I watch the NBA, the good teams are great. And the Golden State Warriors can score 91 points and a half. And, you know, they can pretty much turn it on at any time. And they're a great team. Um, and they're great, and they're, and they're fun to watch. They're, the 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 Golden State Warriors are fun to watch. The Boston Celtics are a great team to watch all of their lines play. You know, all their their, their depth. It, it's fun to watch. The Houston Rockets are fun to watch. The so the 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 Milwaukee Bucks are fun to watch. Toronto is fun to watch. The Seventy Sixers are fun to watch. The good teams are great. However, when you're watching the, an NBA game and you get Atlanta versus the New York Knicks or, you know, the Brooklyn Nets or, you know, Sacramento's doing better this year, but in, in years past it's been the Sacramento Kings, the Phoenix Suns, the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, when you watch those teams, they're just bad and the game is bad, and it's un, it's it's not even entertaining. Um, it's not even entertaining to watch them play. Um, that's one thing that that's one thing that I'm noticing about the NFL. If you watched the NFL this weekend, if you saw the Rams and the Saints play. The Rams and the Saints had a great game Sunday night. Okay? They had a great game Sunday afternoon. The Patriots and the Packers put on a great a great game on uh Sunday night. Uh the great teams look great. However, if you were watching the Jets and the Dolphins, I watched the first half of that game and I it doesn't it didn't look like football. I went back I, I actually walked on over. We had something going on at the house here, so I had to go out to watch the game. So I went out to a local pub, watched to watch the rest of the game. And even there, even then I get there in the third and fourth quarter, they were awful. It was awful football. It was terrible to watch. So what I'm saying is the good teams in the NFL are great, but the bad teams in the NFL are just awful. And that's not a good sign for the league. You know, competitive, the, I always have looked at the NFL as being competitively balanced. I don't think 
after this weekend, I don't think that's the case anymore. I don't think that there are teams I, – I, I don't think there – I think there are teams that are far above the best, far above everybody else, and then everybody else is playing catch-up. You got uh, Kansas City, New England, uh, the Los Angeles Rams, the Los Angeles Chargers. Those kinds of teams are separating themselves from the pack. All right, um, so that's my hypothesis. That's what I'm going to be looking for, and I'll get into it a little bit more, but we got a, full, we got a caller on the line. And for those of you that are listening right now and want to comment on this, maybe you have, have seen this. If you want to call the show, definitely give us a call. It's the number 646-668-8467. So let's take our first caller of the day. How you doing, Fifth Down Sports Show? Hey, how are you? It's uh, Lou from Jersey. Hey, what's going on, Lou? Well, better than my Jets right now, who are now looking to fall by the wayside once again. Well, uh, yeah, I was just – I don't know how much of the uh, intro uh, you just caught on on there. We about had a little bit of a late – I about 45 seconds ago. I had um, – you didn't go through, so I'm a bit of a late caller. <laughs> yeah, we didn't uh, – we, we, we got off to a late start. We had some technical difficulties here in the studio. But uh, anyway, um, but what I was saying is what I noticed this weekend – watching the Rams-Saints game and watching the Packers game and watching the Chiefs play the Browns is there's such a big gap in the NFL. Yes. I used to think I used to think to myself, all right, the NFL, everybody's kind of together. You know, they're, they're, there are teams that stand out, but the, the bottom is not, was not as far from the top. What I'm noticing now is that gap is huge. That gap is huge. Yes. The good teams are great, and the bad teams are awful to watch. That's that's my hypothesis oh, yeah. of what I figured out this weekend. Uh, what do you what do you think about that? I happen to think you're right. I mean, the good teams are the good, and of course, you have the teams are horrible. The gap the gap has widened, and of course, what the uh, I think the big problem is uh, the NFC East, or should we not call it the NFC least? Except in Washington, it's looking it's looking like a trash heap. Are you talking about the N- the NFC East? Yes, or as I call it, the NFC yeah. least. Yeah, um, I I don't know I, the the NFC the NFC East is. Um, now Washington and Philly, uh, even Washington's not not that good. But even Philly, Philly is Philly's still a good watch though. You can still watch a, a good, uh, you know, you can watch Philadelphia play, and you still, you know, it, 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 it's not it's not a total disaster as it is. I mean. You're a Jets fan. You you probably watched that game, the Jets Miami. The Jets Miami game was an absolute disaster. Oh yeah. I mean, both teams were awful. The Buffalo Bills again. If if you caught any of the Buffalo Bills game, I they played the Bears, and if you want to call that playing, um, I mean, I don't. The Buffalo Bills are an absolute disgrace to football they've right now. This crazy, I, you know, they, they've been bad since, of course, after Jim Kelly uh, retired, and they've never been the same since. 
Well, I have I have a couple theories on why the Buffalo Bills are the way that they are. Um, first of all, it's when did when you look at when they went absolutely down into the trash heap, it's when they changed their uniform. And their uniform is an absolute garbage heap of a uniform. Oh yeah. What when you when you think back to the Buffalo Bills of what what the if you ask some if you ask somebody even the die, most diehard long term Buffalo Bills fan you know anybody they they call themselves the Bills Mafia if you ask any of them what's the golden age of the Buffalo Bills if they didn't say Bruce Smith Jim Kelly and that group they're lying to themselves. That's the exactly. best the Bills have ever been. And obviously, you know, it, it, the uniform has nothing to do with it, but it's iconic. The, the Buffalo Bills stood out in that era. I was thinking about it today. You know, I think we their, forgot, uniform I think now, yeah. their uniform now does not stand out. It, it looks like everybody else's uniform. When you looked at them in the past, when you look at those old films, nobody else had a red helmet. Nobody else had that blue-colored uniform. They they stood out. They they that's what they stood out for. So that's the first problem with the Bills. They switched over to the O.J. Simpson era Ugh. uniform, and it, and they're just awful. Like it, that to me, that's step one to fixing the Bills. If you're gonna fix yes. the Bills. Go back to the, go back to those uniforms. Then we can, then we can start building this franchise the right way. But that's that's again, that's my theory on the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I thought we left out a player, but or maybe he wasn't really in the, in the glory years. Uh, Woods, Icky Woods. Uh, that was Cincinnati. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, that, the, 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 was, the, the, the icky, the icky shuffle was in Cincinnati. Eighty-eight. But um, you know, we left we 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 left out a lot of players from that. I mean, from, you you can put that whole Buffalo Bills team. Uh, you you go right down the list: Andre Reed, Jim Kelly, Bruce yeah. Smith, Thurman Thomas, you know, James Lofton, all these guys. You know, Steve Tasker. Um, they had they had uh, they had Jim Richter. Um, they had a bunch of guys. You could go down. I mean, I could argue Cornelius Bennett as being borderline Hall of Fame Hall of Fame guys. Um, that 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 you had on that roster. So that whole Bills era, you could name pretty much anybody off that roster, and you you'd be talking about one of the all time greats. So, yes. but to to me, you want to capture that essence. That's what I, at least that's what I think. Going going to the Buffalo Bills. Mhm. But yeah, uh, Bills are not hey, the same hey, as you know, as they were. Hey Lou, I, I don't yeah. think I, I got I got another person on the line. I'm going to put you on hold right. for a second. And take this call because I think I, I don't think it's going to be that long of a call. 
So right. I'm going to put you on hold for a second, and then, then we'll jump back on because I want to talk to you about a Jets. I got, I got a proposal about the Jets that I want to set up, and I'm glad you're here to hear about this. So, all right, hold on a second. All right. All right. Let's see if this works. Hey, how you doing? Fit Down Sports Show. Hey, how you doing? I'm a, I'm a Bills fan. I was. Nah. All right. Um, yeah, I know who that. Uh, I knew I knew that was going to be one of those kind of calls. So. Uh, one of those um, steps. Okay. Yeah. One of those. So I, I got I got him before because I wanted to jump back in. But um. Anyway. Um. So, all right, so we were talking about bad football teams, and, and this stems from uh, – you, you watch the NBA too, uh, Lou. So yes. do, do you get that feeling from the NBA? Because the, – and you being a Knicks fan probably see this a lot more, see a lot more bad basketball than a lot of, a lot of other people do. Um, yeah, I do. But it, 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 it does – does that whole walk – I've looked at that. I think that's been the NBA for me for basically my entire lifetime. My entire experience with the NBA well, has always been you have good teams that are great and yeah. bad teams that are just bad. Like, right. Like the Sacramento, uh, I was, hey, look, the Sacramento Kings are worse, okay, not just New York. Sacramento is a lot worse. Well, Sacramento's bad, but Sacramento, Sacramento's turning it around this year. They, they're they're playing pretty good to start this year. So they have been they have been worse in their day. But all right, we got we got this guy calling back. So let me let me see if that's a real let me see if that's a real guy before I get into my Jeff. I I got yeah. I, I he said he was a Bills fan. So I want to take this guy, let him in, see what he has to say. So hold on a second. Okay. Hey, how you doing? Fit Down Sports Show. Hey, sorry about that. The phone must have disconnected or something. I'm a, like I said, I'm a Bills fan. I totally agree with what you were saying about the uh, the old jerseys and bringing back that era. That was the era that I grew up with. You know, those guys are are, are legends around here. You got Jim Kelly, and Thurman Thomas, and Tom Beebe, and James Lofton, and Keith McKellar, and Leon Seals, and Jeff Wright. You got Phil Hansen, Cornelius Bennett, Shane Conlon, Carlton Bailey. Daryl Talley, Will Wolford, Jim Richard, you got the center Kent Hull, John Davis, got Howard Ballard, there's Mark Kelso, Leonard Smith, Nate <laughs> Adamas, all those guys are right. legends. Right. And and that that's something that um again, I, I that's the era I would think of. When I think of Buffalo Bills, that's what I think of. And I I, I think I'll admit it right now. I'm a Cowboys fan. So, you know, when I think of the Buffalo Bills, I think of those teams and I think of that era. I don't think of the OJ Simpsons as the golden era. I would want to, if I owned a team, I would want to embrace the era that best fits suits my team. And that's the one I would want to look like. And getting back to my original point about the Bills, that red helmet was iconic. Like, you knew, you saw the red helmet, you said, all right, that's the Bills. That's who the Bills are. So, all right, so thanks for calling. I'm, I'm glad you got, got to call in and uh, took the Bills. So, we do talk other teams here. All right, 
Let me get back to Lou. All right, Lou, moving on from, from that topic, I got a Jets topic for you. And yes. I'm just going to set this up. For, I'm going to set this up for the listeners. So um, on this show, when I had a co-host, we, we have a track record on this program of being, being the first to see the tea, read the tea leaves and be able to say, this guy, this guy doesn't cut it. This guy's moving here. This guy's going to end up here. This guy's not fit for the job. This guy needs to be relieved. I think we're at that point. And we're going to do our first of the year. This is our first that I'm, I'm calling right now. I'm going to call this right now. Todd Bowles will not be the Jets coach come next year. Oh, no, he no. will be fired either either in season he will be relieved of his job or he will be dismissed at the end of the year. And this all, this doesn't stem from record. It doesn't stem from what the team looks like. What this stems from is Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold is going to be the death of Todd Bowles as the Jets football coach. Because oh, yeah. Sam Darnold Sam Darnold's best game if you if you wanted if you took the season right now and said what is Sam Darnold's best moment? It was the first game of the year. Yeah. Since that moment, he has gone down into he has gone downhill faster than any other than any other of the other quarterbacks. And to me, that the Jets are in a position where they they are hitched to Sam Darnold. They need Sam Darnold to succeed. Well, how is he going to? How is Sam Donald going to succeed under Todd Bowles, a defensive coach? He's not going to. Sam Donald's going no. to continue to flatline or get worse under this kind of offense because what is Todd Bowles? Todd Bowles is your typical defensive coach. He wants to run the football, play you know, play it safe, and win with defense. That's how Todd Bowles is going to win games. That's not going to make Sam Darnold any better. It's not going to make Sam Darnold look good. So I'm calling it right now. Todd Bowles is not going to be the coach come next year. Well, as a Jets fan, what do you think of that? I say the sooner you dump Bowles, the better. I mean, he's not going to, you know, he's not going to drop. He's on the hot seat right now. And after the last losses, even especially the. I thought he'd been, you know, out when they lost to Cleveland. I mean, that was the first win they had over a year and a half, and we had to lose to them. So I knew from week two that Bowles was in trouble, and it has led up to this uh, moment now. And if they lose to the Bills this week, um, I think uh, Monday morning there's going to be a meeting saying, uh, you know what, you're out of here. You promised all these things, you didn't deliver, uh, you know, you just you just uh, can't cut it. Again, uh, I, 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 I'm, again, I, 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 I don't think it's a win. You know, it's not a win loss oriented um, approach for me. What it is for me as, as an approach to saying Todd Bowles needs. You know, you need a new voice in there. You need a voice who understands the quarterback position, who understands how to develop the quarterback, and. That's the kind of guy the Jets need to bring in because they need Sam Donald to work. If Sam Donald doesn't work, then the Jets 
A, the Jets mortgaged their future to move up to get Mm -hmm. Sam Donald. They are hitched to Sam Donald, ride or die. And you need a coach in there that can be inventive, that can use Sam Donald's talents to put him in a better position. Because what it looks like to me, and I've watched a couple of Jets games, I haven't really studied what their game looks like. But what their game is to me is basically run, run, throw the ball on third and long. That that's mm-hmm. what they're doing, and that's not going to help Sam Donald. That's going to make Sam Donald make the decisions that he's making, and he's making bad decisions. He threw two interceptions in the Miami game that he had no business trying to throw the ball, but he's forced he's forced to throw it because it's third and long, and he's saying if I don't throw it, we're not going to do anything. So I I I just I think I think on this note and. With our track record of calling for coaches' jobs and telling you that a coach is not going to be there anymore, I don't think Todd Bowles. I, I if Todd Bowles lasts the season, I would be surprised. If he does, so I think that I. first first day that that Monday, the first the first head coach to fall is going to be um, is going to be Todd Bowles. Oh yeah, no question about it. This now, is what we can call put up re- or shut up. As far as replacing Todd Bowles, I'm not. I, I'm not. I'm not there yet. I'm not there on on the replacement. I'll, I'll have to look through and see. You know who would who would be a fit for that job. It's you know it's got to be somebody who's worked with a young quarterback, who mm-hmm. understands offense, who gets. Um, you know, gets a little bit uh, get has a little bit of creativity in them, so we'll have to see. Well, that counts out. And, and that's and that's going to be a problem. That's going to be a problem for the Jets because uh, you know the, you know what the you know the Jets history and you know the Jets. Uh, you know, just being just being in New York, you know the the things that are going to be said about what the Jets need to hire. The Jets need to hire, you know, a known guy, a guy, a, a retread guy, a guy who, a guy who has some pedigree. That's not what the Jets need. The Jets need new and inventive. They need to think right. along the lines of a Sean McVay, along the lines of a younger head coach who has some, some pedigree working with a young quarterback, but is also inventive enough to make that, to, to give his, give his quarterback the chance to succeed, and if you're the if you're the Jets, what you need to do is look to the Los Angeles Rams. The Los Angeles Rams are your template for success in New York. You look at what the Rams. The Rams had Jared Goff. Jared Goff was seen as a bust because he had a defensive-minded coach in Jeff Fisher. Mm-hmm. They fire Jeff Fisher. They hire the young guy, Sean McVay, comes in with an innovative offense. Now, all of a sudden, Jared Goff is one of the talks of the top. You know, he's one of the top quarterbacks in the league. That's something that the Jets, that's the template the Jets need to follow. They need to find who the next young offensive coordinator is out there. And, you know, I, 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 haven't, I haven't looked at the NFL game enough to say, all right, this coordinator fits that bill, or 
you know, this is the certain guy. So we'll start looking at that because we all know because Todd Bowles has been named on this show, you know he's not long for that job. So we'll we'll start the no. job search out there. Um, but yeah. I, I, I get I get I, I think that you agree, and I I think most Jets fans would agree that if, if Todd Bowles left, it wouldn't be the biggest disaster in the world. No, it'd be a welcome relief. I that that's what I was thinking. Um, well, I guess we can count ourselves out of the running, right? <laughs> I, if the Jets, if the Jets came call, if the Jets came calling, I would, I, I would be ready. I would be ready for that interview. So yes, I would, I would be ready. I would be ready for that. But I, I don't, I don't, I don't see the Jets making that phone call anytime soon. So I'm no. not worried about it. Yeah, but well, that's the kind of guy they need. <laughs> we can all wish for that. I mean, yes, but. Then again, it is head coach of the Jets, so it's pretty much, you know, as long as Joe Namath isn't walking through that door, you're uh, mm. you're not looking at a bright future. Well, you, at, you know, it could be worse. You know, you could be the you could be you know the uh, former Browns coach. I mean, he's gone. No surprise. You know, uh, Hugh, Hugh Jackson is gone. He was making the rounds today. I saw him trying to explain yeah. uh, what was going on, and you know the the Browns. The Browns are just that organization. They just don't know what they're doing. <laughs> I mean, That's you true. saw that on you saw that on Sunday. They just they looked like the same exact team. They 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 pretty much fired Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley and said we're moving on. Yeah. But they had no plan in place to move on. They were like, no, all right, well, we're coming on my show as well. Eh. Yeah, I mean, Greg Williams, take over the team. Nothing changed. Yeah. Nothing changed. There was no difference in that team at all. So the Browns are just an organization that they have no idea what they're doing. Well, I guess the city itself lives up to his uh, nickname, the mistake on the lake. <laughs> yeah, that 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 is certainly clear. And and I mean, uh, maybe Cleveland just did it because they were like, hey, Cleveland, the the Cavaliers fired their coach, so. Why don't we fire our coach? That was that was wrong. I I did not agree with that at all. I really didn't. I I don't think I don't think I, I this isn't my opinion. This isn't just my opinion. I've heard it said other places. I don't think he was fired. And from reading what I read about Ty Lue, I don't think he was fired. I think he was called into the office and they said, "Hey, look." This is a disastrous season. Do you want to get out of here? And Ty Lue said, yeah, I want to, you know, I, I think we should just cut bait right now. And, uh, you know, he, and you can look back to his career. He did have health scares last year. He did have to take time away from the team to deal with medical issues. So I think he initiated this, and by all of his, comments about this and all the comments about him I think he initiated it and said hey look I got to take a leave from this team you might as well just let me go right now and we'll move on uh, I you know, before this gets before this gets any worse Ugly. and right. I, that's what I that's what I think happened because I, it, it comes down to 
expectations. What did you expect mm. the team to be? You know, the the and, well, and that, I didn't expect kind of, another East Coast championship. I mean, Eastern Conference championship. You know, with LeBron gone, so I knew they were going to suffer this year. But you know, he gave you four straight Eastern Conference championships and a title in 2016. And just because you're off to a lousy start this season, you got to fire him. You got that throws away all he's done in the last four years. Come on, people. Where's your well, I mean, it, Not only that, but you lose LeBron. Kevin yeah. Love, your best player, is is out with with a foot injury. Yes. Um, you, you, your best, the best player on your team right now is Tristan Thompson. And right. if we remember back to the playoffs last last year, the first round of the playoffs, Tristan Thompson was coming off the bench. He was a bench mm-hmm. player last year. He's your best player on your roster. You're not going right. to win many games. You're, you're not going to win many games. That's why I, I think I think it was a mutual – I think it was a mutual decision with the Cavs where they were like, hey, look, this year is going to be bad. You don't want to go through this. You're – you know, Ty Lue, you want to get a job after this. We're going to save right. you the trouble. And we're going to save you the trouble – and you know, go fix your, you know, go fix whatever you got going on, and you know, we'll save we'll save you t- biting the bullet here because Is you knew the Cavs were not going to be good. You knew they were going to be bad when LeBron left. You you, you knew right, that was going to happen. Well, what's Speaking the of expectations, anyway? Is it, it gotten better? Is it gotten worse? Or what? The Cavs, the Cavs have they well they no, haven't no, won any games. They're, they're not supposed to. So it yeah. he's you know the Cavs are the the Cavs are they're they're playing better basketball, but they're not going to win. They're not going to win many games. They just don't have the talent to win many games. It's just not going right, to happen. We'll, I know, but what's really the stats on Tyron Lewis' health though? Has it gotten better? Has it gotten worse? Or um, just about the same? That I. That I don't know, and that uh, again, this is all speculation of you know okay. of what what could have happened. This is all speculation of how this came about, and I've heard it reported on other um, in other er- in other areas of the media. I've heard people say, "Hey, you know, he he has had these issues, and he may have stepped away." So it's not my original. It's not my original thought. It just something I heard that makes more sense than, oh, the team is bad, off to a bad start, let's fire him. I think yeah. it was more, I think there was more to it than just, hey, you're fired. Yeah, um, I think so, because that's too suspicious, you know, considering what he's done, and then just because, you know, you're off to a lousy start, you fire him after having a great three, four-year run with the team. Yeah, it's, uh, I think you're right, something's up. It, does, it doesn't make sense. I mean, and, and speaking of firing people, um, a lot of the media has gone, and we're, we're jumping at making a segue here because we were talking about expectations. Another guy, another coach in the crosshairs right now is out in Oakland, John Gruden. If you watch oh, yeah. any, if you watch any sports television show on two, on Friday, on Friday. After that Thursday night debacle in in San Francisco, 
you watched what Oakland did on Thursday night, I heard, and then yeah. watch T. If you watch TV on Friday, everybody was just killing John Gruden. John Gruden right. doesn't know what he's doing. He's in over his head. The Raiders gave him a ten-year contract. This is the worst contract ever. Uh, the contract is why people don't want to play in Oakland. It's why their team is playing so bad because people don't know what's going on. They're trading everybody away, and to me. It comes down to expectations. What did people expect the Oakland Raiders to be? I I don't understand all the vitriol for I don't understand all the vitriol towards John Gruden. I mean, yeah, we didn't think they would be a one in seventeen, but when when I did my preseason picks of the Raiders, I think I had them at like five wins. And that was before. That was when I thought Khalil Mack would come back and Khalil Mack would be on the field. I thought they were a five-win team at, at most five, maybe maybe six. Maybe they get to seven wins. Maybe. That maybe if they stretched it out, they would get to seven. That's what I thought they were when they had Khalil Mack. So they trade away Khalil Mack. And what did you expect the team to be? I, people, if people expected the Raiders to come out and be gangbusters because they hired John Gruden, well, they're, they're just their expectation was just way too high for what they what they got, and and people talking about John Gruden, people have been talking about John Gruden doesn't know what he's doing. John Gruden doesn't doesn't know. Um, that doesn't know football anymore. He doesn't understand what's what, what he's doing. These are the people that don't understand football. They don't understand what's coming what's coming up. People no. people all all people all everybody said was, Hey, they traded away Khalil Mack. They traded away Khalil Mack. Why did they do that? Why did they do that? Those people have not broken down why the Raiders traded Khalil Mack. Because they don't want to understand it. I get it. I understand what John Gruden was doing. What John Gruden did was he said, he made a calculated decision. We can pay this guy Aaron Donald money and destroy our chance to get anybody else. We can pay this one guy on defense, and we won't be able to bring anybody else in because of the salary cap. Right. Now, we can trade him away, get get a couple first-round picks for next year's draft. The 2019 draft, if the Raiders, the Raiders have two picks in that draft, what is the – if you just think about what is the draft big on this year? The draft is big on defensive linemen. It, 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 it makes sense. Defensive linemen and offensive line is what's going to dominate the 2019 NFL draft. The Raiders are going to have two pretty good picks. They're going to probably have one. They're going to have one of the top three, and they're also going to have they're going to have one of the top three picks, and then they're going to have Chicago's pick, which could be you know in the lower part if Chicago ends up winning. You know they are leading their division right now, but if if they don't make the playoffs, they'll have another pick in the teens. Perfect spot for the 
you know, that's a perfect spot for the Raiders to get a, a good pass rusher and then another quality player for Khalil Mack. That's what John Gruden's thinking. He's thinking, I'm going to go two for one and, and get that out of the way. So what are your thoughts on John Gruden? Sure. Why Gruden ever got back into coaching, I have no idea. He just should have stayed in the broadcast. Why? Because he got a ten. Because he got a ten-year, a ten-year guaranteed contract. Yeah. He got a guaranteed ten-year. I think like I think he makes like ten or fifteen million dollars a year. That's mm-hmm. why he came back. Yeah. I mean, he could have been. He could have. He could have stayed at ESPN making his six million. But a ten-year guaranteed contract. I would come back for that. All right, Lou, I got right. a bunch of callers on the line, so I got to let you go. Um, okay, I'm due for another show anyway, but, so uh, good timing anyway. Yep. Always, uh, always I, fun I talking to you. Name. What is it again? What? I forget your name. Oh, I'm Chris. Chris, all right. Thanks. Yep, all right. Have a good one, Lou. We'll talk to you next week. So we got some other callers here, so let, let's see what we got, and let's figure this out. Hey, how you doing, Fit Down Sports Show? Hey, how's it going? I wanted to change the discussion of teams and, and focus on the Bengals. What do you think their shot is with a healthy A.J. Green and, and if their uh, defense starts turning around, I feel like they gave the Steelers a good game um, a couple weeks I ago. Think and uh, the... I want to get your opinion on their chances on winning the North. Um. Oh, thanks for the question. Um, and and we you know we love we love talking about all all the teams around here. So definitely, um, a good. I, I think I think this weekend this weekend's game will tell us a lot about what the Cincinnati Bengals are. I've I've said for this entire season, I I have my doubts about Cincinnati coming in, just just on the fact that I I, I don't. I don't trust Andy Dalton in a big spot. Um, I don't trust. I don't trust that defense in a big spot. I, I we talked about Vontae's perfect a couple weeks ago. Um, I, I said Vontae's perfect is basically he's basically if you've ever seen the movie The Program. If you haven't, I, I would suggest watching the movie The Program. But Vontae's perfect is Alvin Mack and. If he can stay on the field and stay healthy, um, you know, if he can stay not get suspended, I think the Bengals have a good um, have, have a good nucleus on defense. But the the problem is, I I can't trust that the middle is going to be there. I can't trust that he's going to make the smart play in in crunch time. And if you're a Bengals fan, you, I'm sure you remember the Steelers game from a couple of years ago. When you know personal fouls led to the field goal that won it in in the playoffs, that's what you need in the playoffs. You need guys who are going to make the smart play, make the sacrificial play, and, and where they're just going to make make the tackle and not do anything extra. I don't trust the Bengals on that, but they get the Saints at home this weekend. If they beat the Saints, then they're a re- they have a real shot. If they get blown out, like I think they're going to get blown out. Then they're the same old Bengals, and you know the way Pittsburgh is playing right now. Pittsburgh has righted the ship, so the Bengals are going to be in trouble as far as winning the Central Division. Um, as a Bengals fan, what do you think about that? 
I think they'll definitely struggle without AJ Green against the Saints this week. So I wouldn't be surprised if they yeah lost by a couple touchdowns. But I think with AJ Green, definitely definitely a top five offense. I I, I would uh, top five top five is a stri- top five is a stretch. But AJ Green is definitely uh, he's definitely one of the top five receivers in the league, and he's definitely the straw that stirs that drink. I mean, he is a guy who can beat double coverage by himself. You know, you don't, you you can throw to him even when he's double covered and still think, all right, he's going to come down with the ball, not the other guy. But um, yeah, I think the Bengals, I, I, again, I have been, I have been cautiously pessimistic about the Bengals because I haven't believed in them all year. I'm still waiting for them to show up in a big game, and this would be a big game for me to see as long as they hold their own. Right? See, I'm I'm expecting the Saints to go in there and just light them up because that's what the Saints do. If they if the Bengals hold in and they keep it close and you know they play with some pride, I might be able to say, all right, I can believe in this team. But every time I say that, I said that the Kansas City game, I said if they stay in it. I'll believe in them, and we know what happened during Kansas City game. They just got waxed. So I'm still waiting on, on the on the Bengals. Thanks for the call, though. Thanks for the call, and definitely check in with the program because we 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 love hearing about other teams. So thanks for the call, man. Uh, thank you. Don't surprise you this weekend. I hope so. All right, here we go. We got another phone call, so let's get to it. I'm on computers. All right. Hey, how you doing? Fit Down Sports Show. <clears throat> yeah, I think the Bengals are definitely a top five team uh, offensively. Uh, I have to disagree with you there, but I do think they are a top three team in terms of cock length and width. Um, thanks. Um, I, that I don't care about. But um, you know, thanks for hold, thanks for holding for that long to uh, to get that shot in there. But um, no, we're it's, it's all good. It's all good. So. All right, so we, we've had some good discussions so far. Um, um, the NFL is definitely um, on people's minds, you know, and the reason I I just want to expand a little bit on what I was just talking about with the Bengals. With the Bengals, I haven't bought in yet, but the team I'm buying into in that AFC North is the Pittsburgh Steelers. They have righted the ship. And not only have they righted the ship, but you know they've got a guy, they've got they've got a bullet in the chamber that they're just waiting, you know, they're just waiting until he comes back. When Le'Veon Bell steps back on that field, I mean, you, you can you imagine what that offense could be if you put Le'Veon Bell and James Conner in the backfield along with the weapons on the outside, you know, you now have Le'Veon Bell who can get spelled by James Conner. You can put them both on the field at the same time, and now you've got an even more dynamic um, offense going, going on in Pittsburgh. So that's the team I'm going to buy in the NFC North or in the AFC North. But, um, yeah, um, you know, we, always like, uh, we always like to get that. And people that say, oh, they could be. Could the Bengals be a top five? The Bengals to be a top five to be a top five offense. 
you need to have dynamic playmakers all over the field. I mean, you, you talk top five offenses since we're on this discussion. Now you got to start with you got to start with Kansas City. You got to st- you got to put the Rams in there. You got to put the Saints in there. And the Saints just we'll, we'll get to the Saints in a minute because they just they just added a major piece. Um, so. But you got to put the Saints in there. You got to put New England. New England is scoring thirty. I think they they scored thirty six points every game. <laughs> the 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 Patriots are ho hum ho hummingly scoring thirty six points. Like they're not lighting people up. They're just doing what the Patriots do. So you've got to put the Patriots in there. You've got to put uh, you've got to put the Green Bay Packers in there. Um, the Packers have yeah they're young at wide receiver, but Devontae Adams. Jimmy Graham, um, don't be confused about what they have back there. Um, and Aaron Rodgers it just makes – Aaron Rodgers himself makes them a top-five offense. So to say uh, – to put the Bengals in that category just because they have A.J. Green, it, it, it's a stretch. Uh, you you got to throw the Steelers – we haven't even gotten to the Steelers with all their weapons. Um, you 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 talk about the Chargers offense, the Chargers with Rivers and what they're doing out there, Keenan Allen. So you've got a lot of more explosive offenses than what they have in um in Cincinnati. So all right, that that puts a wrap. On what I want, well, actually, we've got one more NFL topic to get to, and I, I mentioned it. The Saints are have to be up there in best offense, and not only because they have Drew Brees and Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara and uh, Mark Ingram. Now they added Des Bryant. Des Bryant finally has a team. To my Cowboys listeners out there, uh, I'm sure. My friend Denise and Christy, I'm sure they noticed Des Bryant signing with, with the Saints. As a Cowboys fan myself, I couldn't be happier seeing Des Bryant go to the Saints. I have always been a fan of Sean Payton. What Sean Payton did for the Cowboys as offensive coordinator under Bill Parcells, I, I always, you know, I, I always wish the Saints well. Um, because I love Sean Payton. So there's Cowboys connection there, and I'm glad to see him go to a team that will get him in the best position. Um, I've seen a lot of shows today where they said, well, Des Bryant will have to come in. It's a complex offense. They're not going to ask him to do complex things. They're going to say, Des Bryant, run down the field. Run down the field and we'll hit you with, with, a, with a stop fade. We'll hit you with a, a back shoulder, a back shoulder throw, or we'll just throw it and you run underneath it. That's, that's going to be the offense for him for, for a little while until he gets to the nuances of, you know, running crossers and running different routes. But for right now, he's just going to be stop and go or run down the field. And to have him on the field – you know, we saw what Michael Thomas can do. The Rams decided we're just going to cover him one, you know, one guy at a time. You know, we're going to cover him man coverage. We're not going to double him at all. And we saw what happened. 
Michael Thomas went off. So now you have now if you want to roll coverage to him, we've got Des Bryant on the other side of the field who can do some damage. Um, so that'll be an interesting um, setup for the Saints. All right. That gets us through the NFL. We're moving into our, our second hour of the show here. So let's let's move to college football. And college football, let, let me just say, this past weekend, which everybody called Statement Saturday, there were a lot of statements made this, uh, this weekend. And we saw a, what happened this week. I I I I still I don't like it. I don't. I, I get why ESPN does it this way. They want the rating. You know, they want people to watch the best the college basketball games or whatever whatever was going on yesterday. But to put the playoff, uh, to put the the playoff rankings on during the. Uh, intermission between the two games, I hate when they do that because there's no analysis of it. There's no, you don't, you don't get the same feel for what the guy, you know, what, what's going on and everything seems rushed and everything. It's, it's hard to hear what the guys are saying because they're doing it live. The, the fans are going crazy. There's things that are going on. So I, I, I don't like the way they do it especially with this week, with, with such a big game. But we'll get into the rankings in a minute. You know how we do college football on this show. We do winners and losers. So let me get to the winners of the week. Biggest winner, uh, the big winners this week, my first winner was Washington State. Um, Washington State with their victory over, I got I to gotta pull it up here. Um, it'll be one second. I got it right here. Got to pull it up. What do I have now? I don't think I have them on my list here. So I got to pull. I got to pull it up in the schedule. But Washington State made. I, I believe they beat Colorado. Um, they either play. I think they play Colorado this week. So. I just want to see who, if I'm right here, on who they played. Um, here we go. Oh, they beat Cal. They beat Cal last weekend. That's a, you know, them winning, every win right now for Washington State is a big win because it propels them forward in the college football. They're a surprise team. They're the surprise out of all the top 10, Washington State is my biggest surprise team. Um, so I think every win for them is going to be big. And again, they got Col- – you look at their remaining schedule, Colorado, Arizona, and Washington. That, that's that's going to be a – you know, every win that they have is going to keep propelling them. But if they lose any of those games – all of everything goes away, and um, 
they still they, that apple the apple cup will basically be an elimination game. So Washington, if Washington wins, they go to the Pac-12 championship game. If Washington State wins, they go to the Pac-12 championship game, and they have a shot at Utah, Utah, USC. Arizona is still alive. You think Arizona State is still alive? So, you know, they're going to, if they can get to a conference championship game, then they start to put their name in in the discussion for, you know, the college football playoffs. So, Washington State, by by beating Cal, puts them in, in the discussion. So, that's a big, that's a big win for them. All right, my second biggest winner was. Not on Saturday, but it was Friday night. A lot of people missed it. It was a sloppy game, rain, a lot of, um, uh, you know, it was just a, a, a whole a, a, it was a big mess out in Virginia. But that was the perfect game for Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh played that perfectly. Um, that fits their, the way they want to play. They want to slop in the mud. They want... They want the slop. They eat the slop. They they just want to run and pound the football. That worked to their advantage. And you know, they were able to beat Virginia. They now control their own destiny in the ACC. They could if Pittsburgh wins out, they go to the ACC Championship game. That's a you know, who would have thought that after what happened at Penn State? After the debacle they had at Penn State, after getting blown out by UCF, after losing to Notre Dame, who would have thought that Pittsburgh would be in this position? Nobody. Nobody had this position. So um, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to say, I'm going to say to everybody, you know, um, I'm going to say Pittsburgh had, had a bit, you know, Anytime they can keep relevant, and if they can make the ACC championship game, that's the biggest. Uh, that would be the biggest shock to um, to what's going on now. Now, can they beat? Can they challenge Clemson? Not not even close. But to just to get there is still a, 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 an amazing uh, amazing feat for the Pitt Panthers. So let's. Um, we got to give them some love, right? While we can. Um, and my third winner of the week is Michigan. And we're going to talk more about Michigan when we talk about the rankings in a little bit. But I'm of the mindset that I've been waiting for Michigan to, um, you know, play play. This was probably the best game that they played, 42 to seven over Penn State. Penn State's no joke. And they blew them out. I mean, Ohio State got out of Penn State barely, barely. By the skin of their teeth, they got out. Ohio State got out of there. Michigan blew the doors off Penn State uh, in the third and fourth quarter. It was tight at halftime, and then they just blew the doors off them. So you got to give it up to to Michigan. You got to give it up to Harbaugh right now. Um, But we'll talk more Michigan later on. We'll talk more about Michigan in in a minute. Because my biggest winner of the week was the SEC championship game. And that was settled on Sunday night, on Saturday night. You had Georgia beating Kentucky, and then you had Alabama beating LSU. Both those wins set up 
the dream matchup, Alabama versus Georgia in Atlanta. Um, that's already set in stone. We know that that game is going to happen. We hope that they both get there intact, that they're both, that there's no major injuries, that I'm hoping that there's no upsets uh, until that, so that that game is Alabama, undefeated Alabama against a one-loss Georgia team, and we see where the, you know we see where the dust settles. Um, it, 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 we, it, we've felt, we've we've been saying since everybody's been saying since the beginning of the year this is the game that's going to happen in the SEC championship. I want to see it. I want to see if Georgia can handle that Alabama offense if they can handle that Alabama defense, Alabama proved what they are. And that the game, what people said, this is the game of the century, Alabama against LSU. It was the new Alabama team against the same old LSU team. LSU getting shut out. LSU had no offense. They had no um they, they they really had no innovative uh, attempts against Alabama. They couldn't do anything, you know. And it was kind of like they were. It's kind of like between the rock and the hard place. They just kind of were like, all right, we're just going to keep smashing into this rock and see if it breaks. And it never broke. They never tried anything different. They never tried to get around the. The rock never tried to go over it. They just tried to keep banging through it. And Alabama, Alabama was Alabama. They went down the field and they did what they're supposed to do. So um, the FCC championship game, that's going to be the biggest game of the year. Everybody's going to be excited for it. Hopefully it's still a matchup by the time we get there. All right. Let's move on. Let's move on. We've done the winners. Let's get to the losers of the week. My first my first loser of the week is Texas. And at this point, big losers at this point, you know, losers at this point are going to be teams that had a chance and now have lost everything. You know, Texas had a chance to get back into the Big 12 picture and they lose to West Virginia and now they've got two losses. They've got three losses total, two in the conference. That's going to be trouble for them because they also lose the head-to-head matchup with West Virginia. So basically what they have to do, you as, I mean, Oklahoma would have to you would have if you're Texas you have to hope now that West Virginia beats Oklahoma in the final game and you end up tied with Oklahoma because you hold the Texas holds the head to head so um be interesting to see where they go from here um it'll be interesting to see if Texas can get back in I don't think Oklahoma's going to lose the rest of the season, so Texas is a long shot to get back in. But about that game, if you watch that game, that was probably the best game of the weekend. Um, you know, Texas takes the lead 
with about a, with about two minutes left. Will Greer goes right down the field, throws an absolutely perfect touchdown pass. It was probably the play of the day. I mean, the, just the throw to put it on on a dot right in the back of the end zone. Kid catches it, drags his feet. Um, and then Dana Holgerson to have it already set up to say, if we score, we're going for the win, then line it up. Texas calls two timeouts, even try, even calls a timeout as the ball's being snapped. Um, they try to mess with them. Texas knew. Tom Herman knew at that moment when they decided, when West Virginia decided to go for two, he knew he was done. That's why he tried all that trickeration with the timeouts, hoping that they could, uh, you know, trick West Virginia, but they didn't. And West Virginia, Will Greer was able to run it in. I, I didn't understand the at the end of the game they called a personal foul on Will Greer. Like, why? Because he celebrated a game-winning score? Like, that's why you play the game. You play the game to win. And you just scored the winning touch. You know, you just scored the winning two-point conversion that gave your team the win. Let the kid celebrate. Let the kid show some emotion. It was an emotional play. I have no say in that game. And when he scored, I I jumped out of my seat and said, yes, because I knew I knew what he was feeling. And then a ref throws a flag, unsportsmanlike conduct. That's as sportsman as you can get to score and to be like, ah, we just we just took this game from you. We stole it. And our season's alive and yours is dead. It, 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 the, live in the moment. Refs need to live in the moment. These are kids. These are, and not, and not even that they're kids, they're, these are athletes. That's what athletes do. But um, anyway... Um, uh, all right, so Texas is one of my losers. My second loser, we go to the Big Ten. Iowa losing 36-38 at Purdue. Um, crushing loss for Iowa. Doesn't really kill Iowa. Iowa still has a shot if they can beat Northwestern this weekend. Um, they get Northwestern at home. It's They still have a shot to, to be viable. But, you know, it, it, makes, it makes this a – if Northwestern wins this weekend, it's all over. Uh, the Big Ten – Northwestern will clinch a spot in the Big Ten title. So, um, Iowa put themselves in a very tough position, but at least they're at home. At least they've got a shot. But, um, yeah, it was not a good, good game for Iowa. And I'm going to go with, I'm going to just cut to my biggest loser. Uh, we'll go with our, my third loser and my biggest loser are kind of the same. And my third loser of the week was, um, was Houston. Houston lost to SMU. And a lot of people say, oh, why Houston? Why Houston? Houston was, Houston was looking like they were going to dominate the American Conference, they were going to represent, uh, I don't know how they do it. I, I don't, um, 
Let me just go back so I can make sure. They, yeah, their division, they, they looked like they had um, – it looked like uh, Houston had a stranglehold on their division. Now it's in jeopardy. Um, yeah, they just do east and west. So they were dominating the west. Now you get Houston plays a tough Temple team this week. If Temple beats them, SMU would now be would now jump them to the top of the line. So Houston, that was a big loss for the Houston Cougars um, this week, and it leads into my final, my biggest loser of the week. My biggest loser of the week was a team that won, and that was um, and that was UCF. UCF was the biggest loser in this whole week. We saw it in the poll. We saw that they didn't get any respect in the poll for what they did against Temple. And people people look at this and people say, Oh my god, they played a tough game against Temple. Oh, what did they do? How did they do that? Blah 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 blah. That's what people always say about UCF. And I, I, I have to sit there and defend them. And I don't have to, but I don't have to, but I seem to be the only one that does. To say, Temple, to say, hey, look, UCF gave up 30 points to Temple. They gave up 30 points in the first half. Then they made adjustments and gave up only six in the second half. While outscoring Temple and still winning and still covering, still winning by enough to cover the spread on the game. So, you know, a lot of people can say, oh, they, they got beat Temple. You know, Temple, they, they, they had to play a close game with Temple. Well, it was close in the first half. and the second half, UCF made adjustments, and that's what they do. You look at what they did against Memphis. They gave up 30 points in the first half, didn't give up a point in the second half, and end up winning the game 31-30. This week, they give up 30 they end up winning the game 54-36, something like that. So, um, I've got to say, um, i got to say, but the fact that Houston lost, and Houston now drops out of the rankings, now they don't, you know, when they play, if they had played a ranked Houston team, in the eight in the American Conference Championship game, that would have been big. That would have been big for them. Now Houston, there's no way they're going to get back into the rankings. So UCF's going to um, going to be hurt by that for a long way to go. So they're my biggest losers of the week. Even though they haven't lost a game, even though they haven't lost in 21 games. They're my loser this week by the circumstances of what has gone on. All right. Let's move to the rankings here. And um, there, there's no doubt how, how the top three – there's no doubt on the top three. Uh, Bama, Clemson, Notre Dame, that's exactly what I have. That's what the committee came up with. Uh, I don't think there's any other way you can um, think about it. I mean, Bama's just crushing everybody. They just beat LSU, who was I had as the fourth team. Um, the committee had them as the third-ranked team. 
So they beat another team, and they didn't give up a point, and they, they, you know, they just dominated the whole game. So, however, Clemson, how big was that game for Clemson? If you saw Clemson, I think they dropped seventy-seven on Louisville, which right now, if Louisville, if Louisville doesn't play with some heart down the stretch here. Bobby Petrino is in a very bad position, and I'm not gonna call. I'm not gonna make a sec. We made a, a, a coaching decision earlier in the NFL. Not gonna make the decision on Bobby Petrino yet, but Bobby Petrino is probably top on my list of coaches that are gonna go at the end of the year. We'll keep an eye on it. We'll keep an eye on it and see where it goes, but. Is probably going to be the next one to get the axe. All right. So, but Clemson, and that's important because Alabama played Louisville earlier in the you know, first game of the year, and they beat Louisville convincingly. So Clemson went out there, and I'm sure they didn't think of this at the time, but I'm sure now people are going to look at that and say, wait, could Clemson play with Alabama? Well, what's the... What's the similar opponent? Oh, Louisville. Let's see. Clemson put 77 on them. Alabama, I think they put like 59, and they pulled their starters. And, you know, they probably could have put 75 or 80 on them if they wanted to. So that's the game people are going to look at when we try to compare these teams at the end. Notre Dame, good win against Northwestern. A typical Notre Dame win where – they jumped out to a lead. Northwestern came back. Then Notre Dame opened it up again. So, um, very good game for very good game for Notre Dame, keeping their their number three ranking. Where I differ with the committee, especially on where I differ with the committee, is at this four spot. At this number four spot. I just disagree with putting – I just disagree with um, – with, to me, it's a, it's a difference of, of opinion between four and five. Some people like Michigan. The committee likes Michigan. I like Georgia. And there are a couple of reasons why. First of all, when I do my rankings, I don't do them by the resume. The resume is a tiebreaker. That's what I use the resume for. When I go eye test, I go eye test and what I've seen. I've seen Georgia. I think Georgia's the fourth. I think they're better than Michigan. I think I, I think at every level they are better than Michigan. And that that being said, we've seen everybody that I've talked to about Michigan has said well, Michigan's got the best defense. They got the best defense in the country. Let's let's examine that a little bit. Michigan has not played a down the field attacking offense. They've played one of those. They played one attacking offense all year. That was Notre Dame. How'd that turn out for Michigan? Okay. Notre Dame attacked them down the field. Opened, opened up, and, and that was Brandon Winbush. That wasn't Ian Book. That was Brandon Winbush attacking them with the passing game down the field. 
That's that's my go-to when I say, all right, when you look at the other games that Michigan has played, let's look at the other big important games. Wisconsin. What does Wisconsin do? They run the football, and if you stop the run, they can't do anything else. They, they're not going to threaten you with the pass down the field. Okay? Michigan State is a big win for Michigan. Again, Brian Lewerke is not going to threaten you down the field. They're an L.J. Scott run-the-ball team. That's what they do. Penn State. A lot of people think Penn State is an explosive offense because they put up big numbers. Their big numbers come from Trace McSorley running the ball, from hitting underneath receivers and letting them run. They don't hit the big play down the field. They just don't. So, um, so that's my that's my question. And we're not going to see Michigan play a team like that until they get to play until they get to play Ohio. When they play Ohio State, then we'll see how they attack a team that can that can press the ball down the field. Uh, vertically. And that will be the impressive game for Michigan. That will be the one that turns the tide, baby, on how I feel about Michigan. But for right now, I've seen Georgia play Missouri. I've seen them play against um, I've seen them play against Florida. I've seen them play against South Carolina. I've seen them play various offensive styles. And I've seen them dominate the way that they have. The second thing you want to go to, if you want to go to resume, Georgia's resume is so much better than Michigan's resume, it's not even funny. If you think the teams are so close that you're like, all right, the teams are so close on the field, let's go to, um, let's go to the resume. All right, when I go to resume, first I look at, all right, losses. Who did they lose to? Well, Georgia lost to LSU. Michigan lost to Notre Dame. Maybe Michigan gets the edge, but last week when things, when everything was normal, when everything was was pretty much even, everybody thought LSU was the better team than Notre Dame. That's how the committee felt. So Georgia losing to LSU, not a big deal. You know, when it's when it's in terms of LSU or Notre Dame. Right, so the losses aren't a big deal. How about the winners, though? Let's look at who you've beaten. Michigan's beaten only two. They've only beaten two teams that are ranked currently. And that's Michigan State and Penn State. Georgia has beaten Kentucky, and they've beaten Florida. Both Kentucky and Florida are significantly higher than Michigan State and Penn State. So just on resume, you can say you can put Georgia in there, and people will say, "Well, what about Wisconsin?" Well, you could put Missouri in there as a team that Georgia dominated. So, you know, you can match up Wisconsin. You can match pretty much every win, every, every all the you can pretty much match them, and Georgia still pulls that out. All right, moving on. 
So I've got Oklahoma at six. So does the committee. I think Oklahoma is the team that is most likely to jump everybody. They are the team that if they keep winning out and keep playing the way that they are, Oklahoma, I think Oklahoma is going to jump everybody. If Alabama beats Georgia, if Georgia beats Alabama, everything gets thrown out the window. But if Georgia loses to Alabama, they're going to fall out. And it's going to be between Michigan and Oklahoma. And it's going to come down to that championship game. And Oklahoma's going to get West Virginia, Texas, or Iowa State. And Michigan's going to get Northwestern. That's going to be the downfall of the Big Ten. I had somebody ask me this week, you know, they, they gave me a scenario and they said, who's going to make, which conference is going to be left out? And I said, if Notre Dame gets in, the Pac-12 is already out. Unless Washington State does something miraculous. But, I, I, you know, they need chaos in front of them to move up. But if things play out and everybody wins out, I think Oklahoma might have the juice to jump Michigan, especially since they have West Virginia and then maybe a rematch with West Virginia. You know, they're going to play West Virginia back-to-back weeks. Those are going to be two big that, – that's two big games. Um, all right, now we get into some differences. Again, people don't like it. People don't like it, but I don't care. I've got UCF at seven. The committee has LSU. Uh, they didn't drop – they didn't drop – they dropped them from three down to seven. I dropped them – I dropped LSU lower because I just thought – you know, we thought this is a different LSU team. They turned out to be the same LSU team. And with two losses, I can't put them um, above all the – I don't believe in putting them above um, Washington State, Ohio State, and West Virginia. I have to put them behind there. I think UCF is a better team than Washington State. Um, Ohio State has looked shaky. They lost to Purdue. They had a shaky performance against Nebraska, who has had their struggles this year. So um, I still need to see a lot more from Ohio State. But Ohio State still has the in route of playing in playing Michigan and possibly a Big Ten title. So we'll see what happens. Washington State, we've talked about. West Virginia, everything is in front of West Virginia. If they can beat Oklahoma... If they beat Oklahoma, they'll probably get a rematch with Texas. So you're probably looking at a Big 12 championship game. Um, If they win out, them playing Texas, even Texas is a better opponent than Northwestern. They can make the argument, hey, we beat a better team in our conference championship game. So the argument can be made against the Big Ten. So... And their loss at Iowa State. We know Iowa State's a tough place to play. Iowa State is is was in the rankings down the way, but um, so it'll be interesting to see where they put West Virginia. All right, let's move to what everybody wants to get to in the show, and that is game picks. Let me just say this about about the game picks last week. College football, we did we did okay. Um, we killed it early, early. 
the early games I was four I was four and one. Four and one I was sitting pretty and ended up only winning two of the um final games. Um so that that brings me to a six and four record for the week. Um I didn't do the uh I didn't I didn't tally them up, so I apologize for that. However, NFL wise, last week uh, and I use I use ESPN to track them to track my picks, just so that I can you know remember what what I did. As long as I enter them in, into the contest, thirteen games we hit all thirteen. So last week was a, a banner week for the sit down sports show. So um, so let's get into some of the picks. Let's start with let's start with the college football and we'll start on Friday night. Friday night we've got a big game in the Mountain West. Um this game will tell us if Fresno State is for real. Herb Street on ESPN, he's been pushing um Fresno State down our throats as oh they're the best. They're the best uh group of five team. They're the best. People only only watch only watch UCF because they threw a parade last year and because they did all this stuff and you know Fresno State's actually the better team. Well, let's see it as they go to the Blue Turf in Boise. Um, and I think Boise I I think Boise's a tough team to play at home. I think they get Fresno State here. Um, I'm going to go with Fresno State. I'm going to go with Boise State 24 27-24. 27-24 Boise State home dogs. Home dogs, I'll take them Friday night. All right, the second game is a noon kickoff in uh in East Lansing, Ohio State at Michigan State. We've seen Ohio State struggle lately. Um, Michigan State is a tough defensive team. I'll take, excuse me, I'll take Ohio State here, but I think less than people think. Um, it, the, the spread's only three and a half. I think Ohio State will cover that, but uh, I'm going to take Ohio State here. I'm going to take Ohio State 31, Michigan State 24. All right, let's move down the list here. I kind of want to pick this game just because uh, it, it's a it's a it, a non power five game, and it means a lot to the Sun Belt Conference. Um, Troy at Georgia Southern. It's a, it's a one point spread. Georgia uh, Troy. I think Troy is going to win this game. Uh, I believe a lot, a lot in Troy. I think Troy is, is definitely one of the teams that's on the rise. Their head coach is starting to get looked at for major jobs. So they're a team that's on the rise. I'm going to take Troy in this one, um, and it's a one-point spread. So just Troy winning the game will be enough. Well, I'll take I'll take Troy 
I'll take Troy 31-27. All right. Interestingly enough, this is a big game in the Pac-12. In, in the Pac-12. So I'll go with it. I'll go with UCLA at Arizona. Herm Edwards. Uh, if Herm Edwards wins this game, Herm Edwards would be bowl eligible, and he'd be able to shove it in the face of all the people who have said since he got hired of, oh, Herm Edwards, what is he doing going to college? He doesn't know what he's doing. Oh, you know, this CEO thing won't work. Well, it's been working for Arizona State. I'm going to take them over Chip Kelly to 12.5 point spread. I don't think Arizona's going to get that. I think UCLA is going to. I'll come in under the number, but I think Arizona State still wins the game. I'll take Arizona State 27-20 over UCLA. All right, we talked about Pittsburgh. If Pittsburgh wins out, they go to the eight. This is a game that they get Virginia Tech. If Pittsburgh can win this game, you know, they, they already have the tiebreaker with Virginia. They already have the tiebreaker. This would give them the tiebreaker with Virginia Tech. Then they just need to beat Miami, and they would have the tiebreaker over all of those teams. Um, this is the kind of game Virginia Tech usually comes out and plays well. It, it, is, on, it is on the road, but I'll take Virginia Tech here. Slim over, Penn, over, over Pittsburgh. I'll take Virginia Tech. 27-24. All right. Washington State at Colorado. Big game for Washington State to make a statement. Can Colorado show some life? Um, I think Washington State, I'll take, I'll take Washington State in this one, even to cover the six. We'll, we'll bump it up to six and a half, and I think they still cover. I think they win this one 30 to 20. How about Mike Gun? How about Coach Gundy, Coach Mullet, as we call him? We love the mullet here. Um, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State in Norman um, to take on the Sooners. You know, Kyler Murray's rolling. This game, whatever you bet on this game, if you're going to bet this game, just bet the over and be happy with it because these teams are going to score a lot of points. That's what Oklahoma State does. Oklahoma gives up a lot of points. So I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Oklahoma State in this one. I'm gonna go with Oklahoma to win, but the spread has gone up to twenty, so we'll round that up we'll round it up to twenty and a half just to keep us sane here. And I still think Oklahoma State win I still think Oklahoma wins it. I think they're gonna win it something like it's gonna be a crazy number. I think it's gonna be like forty eight. 48-40. So, going to be a high number. Take the over and be happy. Northwestern at Iowa. We talked about how big of a game this is. Um, let's go with, I'm going to take, I'm going to take Northwest. I'm going to take, you know, it, it's funny. Northwestern, Northwestern leads the division and yet they're 10.5-point dogs on the road against Iowa. 
I'm going to give this one. It's at Iowa. You know how we feel about Iowa. I'm going to keep believing in Iowa until I don't have until, until they give me a reason not to anymore. I'm going to believe in Iowa, especially since the game is at Kinnick Stadium. I'm going to take I'm going to take Iowa over Snowman's beloved Northwestern. Um, but I'm going to take Northwestern to cover the ten and a half. I don't think Iowa is going to blow them out. I think Iowa wins this one, and let's say it's uh, – I'm going to say Iowa wins this one 36-30. I'm going to get a six-point win for Iowa. I, I don't know if the score will get up that high. Maybe 30-24 is more like – I'll go 30-24. I, I think it'll be about a six, six or seven-point game. Um, Alabama – at home against Mississippi State. The question is how much will Alabama score on Mississippi State? Mississippi State has given up the least amount of touchdowns on the season. Problem is their offense can't score, um, and especially against that defense, against Alabama. I don't see Mississippi State scoring. I think this is another shutout for the for the Tide. I think the Tide roll easily. I'll take the I'll take thirty one nothing. 31-0 Alabama. All right, let's keep moving on. Georgia-Auburn. How about when, when this game was on the schedule, people thought this was going to be the game of the year. Oh, we got, we got a call. We got a caller. We got a caller here, so let's take it. Hey, how you doing, Fit Down Sports Show? Hey, Chris, if you could return your big black dildo to me. Uh, you borrowed that from me a couple weeks ago. And uh, no, you got the wrong guy, man. I don't, I don't, I don't own one of those. I don't need one of those. So uh, you got the wrong guy, wrong, wrong part of the show to call up. Uh, do that because I'm too busy to uh, even think about what you just said. So I don't really care. Uh, anyway, Georgia, uh, Auburn at Georgia. We thought this game would be a huge, huge. Um, Game, it turns out it's a 14-point spread for Auburn. It's at Georgia. Georgia wants some revenge. I'm gonna t- I'm gonna take Georgia here and I'm gonna take G- I'm gonna take Georgia uh I'm gonna take Georgia. We'll say thir- I'll take Georgia 33. Uh, 34-17 Georgia. So Georgia gets the 14 and a half, covers the 14 and a half. Uh, another game, don't bet the game, bet the over. Texas, Texas Tech. I don't care what the number is, there's going to be a lot scored. The question is going to be, does Texas Tech have their starting quarterback? Um, went down with an injury. If Texas Tech's if Texas Tech had their starter and he didn't get injured against Oklahoma, I, w- I would take Texas Tech in this one over Texas. But because I don't know the status of the Texas Tech quarterback, I'm going to take Texas here. Um, I'm going to take Texas and, again, take the over. Uh, I'll take Texas 45-42. And a night game, a night game, a big night game, uh, Clemson at Boston College. Uh, the question is, what can Boston College do? 
can they run the football with um, with Dylan? Can Dylan be a factor against that Clemson offense defensive line? If if they if Boston College can't run the ball, they can't run their offense. So um, they like to go. They they like to hurry. They they have an interesting offense, Boston College. If you haven't seen them, they run an interesting offense. Of it's fast paced, but it's a base offense. It's out of you know they usually go two tights, one back, and they just and they but they go fast up to the line of scrimmage. So it's interesting to see um, how that will play against against this Clemson defensive front that we know likes to switch out, likes to use their uh, depth and versatility to their advantage. They're not going to get to do that against Boston College. Can Boston College sneak one out? I don't think so. I think Clemson is rolling right now. Trevor Lawrence is, is, is getting himself under, getting his feet under him. Um, and and so I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Clemson in this one. Even though the number is 20, I still think that's too much for Boston College. I'll give I'll give Boston College the 10 points. Well, I think Clemson. I'll take Clemson 34 to 10, uh, covering the number for Boston College. All right. Those are our college picks. I don't know how many I just did, but you know, I just did. I just did a bunch of them. Hopefully, it was ten. Um, if it's not, we'll uh, we'll have some posted on the website. We'll have some posted on the Facebook page. So always go to our Facebook page. Um, if you don't get to listen to the show, but you want to make bets, go to the page, find our bets on there. We'll, we'll post them up. Uh, we'll post them up maybe tomorrow night, maybe tonight if I. Uh, if I get so inclined, but most likely tomorrow afternoon, so you'll be ready for Friday night, and you'll be ready for Saturday to get your bed in. All right. NFL. NFL, let's start tomorrow night. Carolina, Pittsburgh. Carolina at Pittsburgh. I'm still going to take Carolina in this one, even though I said so many things about the Pittsburgh Steelers before I think Carolina's rolling. Carolina's one of my teams that I picked at the beginning of the year that I thought would be a surprise team. They have proven right at 6-2. and two. Steelers have bounced back to 5-2-1. and one. So it's a good game, good matchup. But I'll, I'll take Cam Newton here. Um, I'll take Cam Newton here. The question is the four-and-a-half-point spread. Um. I actually think I'm going to go with Pittsburgh to cover the four and a half. I think Carolina wins. I think Carolina wins, but I'll take Carolina 24-20. So that puts Pittsburgh under the number. All right, Atlanta at Cleveland. We talked about Cleveland before. They're just an absolute mess, and um, I think Atlanta's starting to get. Atlanta is starting to. Starting to get it together, starting to roll. So Falcons stay on a roll in Cleveland, and they'll win by more than the four-and-a-half number. Um, I got them maybe even – I got them 10, 10 points to two touchdowns better. Um, I'll put them 
I'll put I'll put a I'll put him at uh I'll put him at twenty seven seventeen over the Cleveland Browns. The Bills at the Jets, what a uh, what a disaster this game is gonna be. Um I don't know who the Bills are gonna put at quarterback. If it's Nathan Peterman, you can bet on a couple interceptions because that's what Nathan Peterman does. He likes to throw the ball to the other team. Um, we've talked about the Bills a lot today. We had, we had a couple callers about them. Um, we talked about the uniforms. So I'm going to go, just based on the uniform, I'm going to go with the Jets. I'm going to go with the Jets here. Surprisingly, the Jets are seven-and-a-half-point favorites. How the Jets are seven-and-a-half-point favorites over anybody Um but it all depends on who that quarterback is in Buffalo. I think it's going to be Peterman, although I have no idea why he ever gets put on the field. But um, I'll take um, I'll, it's a tough one. I'll take the Jets in this one. I'll take the Jets 20-10. to 10. Hey, what's going on? Fit Down Sports Show. Yeah, you know how to improve the taste of your own semen? No, I don't, because that's not something I ever want to. I ever, I, I never, never in my life want to um, want to be want to be a part of that. So uh, I can't help you there. You'll have to find somebody else to help you out. Let's move on. Lions at the Bears. The Lions. I, I just don't understand. The Lions were sitting at three and four. The Bears were at four and three, and the Lions shipped out Golden Tate. I don't think. I don't. I think the Lions have. That says to the Lions, "Hey, we've uh, we've given up on this year." So. Um. I'm gonna go with the Bears at home. I'm gonna go with the Bears at home, and I'll take the Bears twenty-three thirteen. Saints at the Bengals. I've talked. We've talked a lot about this. We had a caller call in about the Bengals, wanting to know if they were a real team. I think. I think this is a game where the Saints are going to. Uh, you know, the Bengals are only four and a half points on the spread. I think the Saints win this game by seventeen. I'll, I'll take the Saints. I'll take the Saints. I, I don't know the math. I, I'll take the Saints thirty-one seventeen. Either way, I think I think the game, the score in the game is not going to be. I think it's going to be a Saints. Um, I think the Saints are going to dominate. Now, how that turns into the scoreboard will be a different story, but we'll see. All right, New England at Tennessee. Tennessee beat the Cowboys on Monday night, but. They were not that impressive to me on Monday night. Now they get a real team in New England instead of that team, uh, that team the Dallas Cowboys are putting on the field right now. Um, they get a team that has an actual head coach. Um, they have other, they have offensive coach that knows what he's doing. Of course, Mike Vrabel knows the Patriots very well, being a former Patriot. And, of course, a former assistant with the Patriots. So, um, 
I will take. But in this, even though the Pats are touchdown touchdown favorites, I'll take I'll take the I'll take the Patriots. Um, I'll take the Patriots, and I'm not going to put them. I'll put them at thirty. I'll put them thirty. 38, 38, 38, 20, 38 to 20 over the Titans. Uh, let's take, let's go to Jaguars and the Colts. I think this is a game where the Jaguars need it. The Colts are kind of just playing for pride at this point. Um, even though these two teams have the same records, I think Jacksonville is still can be a better team than what we've seen so far. We're still waiting for the real Jacksonville team to show up. I think they do. I think they will show up, and I'll say Jacksonville. I'm going to take Jacksonville to win this game. They're they're on the road. They're dogs. They're underdogs on the road. I, I think this is an upset, a chance to pick an upset. If you want to pick one, I'll take the Jaguars. I'll take the Jaguars in this one, 24-20. Arizona at Kansas City. This is going to be a debacle. Um, Vegas knows it with the 16.5-point spread. So I will throw in... Um, I, think it's e- I think it's even worse than that. Um, I'll, ta- I'll take... I'll take Kansas City 37, 37 13 over Arizona in that one. Washington, the Redskins at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is actually favored in this game. I don't know how you could favor Tampa Bay. They I mean Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback. They don't even know who their quarterback is. Um Washington is is Five and three, but they're not treated like a five and three team. They're not treated like a division winner. Everybody looks at them as, oh, they're just there because everybody else is so bad in the division. I think Washington plays well enough to warrant the respect. I'll give Washington their respect right here. And, and you know, this is one of those trap games. I have some Washington Redskins uh, fans who, you know, who, who are friends of mine. Um. And I think this is one of those typical, if you've followed the Washington Redskins over the years, like I have as a Cowboys fan, this is one of those games where the Redskins usually, they do something stupid to lose this game somehow. So I think, but I don't think that happens this year, but don't be surprised if they do. Don't be surprised if they do stumble. I'll go Washington Redskins. I'll take the Redskins 20 to 17. Hey, what's going on? Sit down, sports show. Hey, how old were you when you first learned to jerk off? Um, that's not something I wish to talk about on the show. But um, you know, thanks for the call. Thanks for listening to the program. Um. Los Angeles Chargers at the Raiders. We talked about how the Raiders are just a disgusting team right now. Um, They're in sell-off mode. They're in the mode of let's get a a better pick. 
Chargers are an actual an actual football team. They have their way, so I'm going to go with the with the Chargers here, and I'll take the Chargers pretty big. We'll say I mean you can't even assume that they're going to kick field goals. So maybe uh, the question about this game is how many field goal, how many extra points will Caleb Sturgis miss? Um. So I'll take the Chargers 26, Raiders, I'll give them 10. Dolphins at the Packers, um, the Dolphins are, are in a free fall. I'll take the Packers here all day. Uh, Dolphins got a win last week, but it was against the Jets, so it doesn't really count. But I'll take, I'll take the Packers, um, I'll take the Packers and... I'll say I'll say the Packer, Packers 20, 27, 27 to 27 17 over the Dolphins. Seahawks at the Rams. Uh, a lot of people are impressed with what the Seahawks have done. I think this is one where the Rams run away with it. They run away with it late. Um, Seattle does have their way of coming back late in ball games. So it'll be interesting to see if LA will let them back in the game, but I think LA will run away with it late. Um I I'll I'll give I'll give LA 37-20. Dallas at Philadelphia. My boy Steve will love this pick. Because he knows I picked against the Eagles all last year. And what did they do? They went out and won the Super Bowl. So what do I do? So what? Since the Eagles are playing my Cowboys, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? I bite the bullet and I take one for the team. I'm going to pick the Eagles here, knowing that when I pick the Eagles, they lose. So I'm going to take the Eagles to win and cover the six and a half. But I'll secretly be rooting for the Cowboys to win. I don't see how that's going to happen. Jason Garrett will probably coach himself out of a win, um, like the other, like he always does. So I'll take the Eagles over the Cowboys here, and we'll just say twenty. We'll just say uh, we'll just say twenty-four fourteen. Giants at San Francisco. Giants are coming off a bye, and they get to play Monday night. Giants should be ready to go for the 49ers. 49ers played Thursday, so they've had some extra rest too. This is a game I I want to take the Giants here, but I think the Giants are just in sell-off mode. They're just not going to be able to get it done. So my boy Niners faithful, who has a show Monday night, um, he'll be talking about this game before they play. So make sure you tune into Radio AFS and listen to that show. I'll take the 49ers 27, Giants 16, and that's the weekly picks, and we are close to being out of here. Um, let's see. Hey, what's going on? You got to be quick, man. You come pretty hard that first time. How'd that go for you? Um, it doesn't – why are you – I mean, this is the second time you've called asking about this. Um, I've got 20 seconds left in the show. Like, what? Why do you care? I, I, that, that's my big, big, 
big issue. Like, I, I don't understand why you even worry about it. Why you why you would worry about such things? Like, worry about your own your own what what you got going on. Don't worry about don't worry about me. I I do I do I do fine just about all by myself. All right. Well, on that note, let's end the show. Let's end the show right now. Um, so anyway, uh, we talked about we talked about um, the NFL becoming the NBA. Good teams are great. Bad teams are bad. And the uh, we fired Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles. We have fired him. He will be fired at the end of this year. We are calling our shot right now. Um, so look, look to that. Jets fans, get at me with who your replacement should be because you know when we fire somebody on this program, it happens. So be on the lookout for that. And, of course, enjoy all of the, the football this weekend. We'll talk to you again next week. More updates. We'll be deeper into the college season. More rankings to discuss. More time to discuss the top teams. So we'll do all of that next week. And enjoy, uh, enjoy the time. We will talk to you next week. Have a good one, guys. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.